Hello and welcome to episode 283 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva to go team by team through the American Football Conference. Evan, good afternoon. Good afternoon and shout out to uh, the arch nemesis Leone and also the great Gary Hartman for uh, very big DFS wins this past week. Yep, Leone won the Thunderdome on Sunday for 50K, and Gary won the flagship MME tournament on DraftKings NBA last night for 100K. So shout out to Gary. He's been crushing for a while now, won the Millie Maker last year in NFL as well. Okay, on today's show, as you know, we are going to go team by team, highlighting the most important things we saw from a fantasy perspective in each AFC team. Before we get into it, I wanted to remind everyone that the props game is up and running in the NBA. It is separate from the NBA DFS product. NBA props product is manned by five, six, seven people working around the clock on projections and comparing projections to our lines and layering in some context. You can find more on the site about that under the props section and on the subscribe packet on the subscribe page. Second, this show is brought to you by our friends at prizepicks.com. If you are not in a state where you can actually bet props, and I know there's a lot of people who can't, New York, California, Texas, et cetera. Price picks isn't illegal and regulated in those states. You can bet their props in parlay form if you want to try them this week. 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100. Use promo code ETR to get the best deal or use the link in the show notes. Again, promo code ETR at pricepicks.com for the instant deposit bonus and the best deal. All right, let's get into it with the AFC and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Lamar was ridiculous, you know. And I don't know if he had like the best real life game. I mean, he played well, but from a fantasy perspective, when he is going to drop back that many times and run the ball 20 times, the ceiling is absolutely spectacular. Other note I have on this game is that Rashad Bateman, I mean, he looks good, man. 20 targets on his first 105 NFL routes run is really, really strong, especially when you're competing with um, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, who's really, really playing well. Also, so yeah, I mean, this version of the Ravens, we talked about on Friday last week. I mean, the ceiling for the pass game and for Lamar is absolutely through the roof when they're playing this style. What'd you see out of their overtime win over the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, Lamar is up to the number two overall fantasy quarterback on the season behind only Tom Brady. Um, He is just absolutely slaying right now. And I don't see any reason for them to change. I mean, it has been a positive experience, the Ravens moving toward a pass-oriented attack. That's where their their best talent lies. Uh, Devontae Freeman did look like he sort of took over as the Ravens' like main back this mm-hmm. past week. Um, but they're still running a multi-man RBBC, and that can change. That could flip against the Dolphins on Thursday. Now, the Dolphins are a little bit of a run funnel. Um but Devontae Freeman isn't really a guy that you want to stuff with a bunch of carries. So, you know, parsing out the RB situation is going to continue to be something that probably just isn't pr- profitable, for, uh, you know, from a, a rest of season outlook. But this passing game is rolling. Uh, my guess is we won't see Sammy Watkins on Thursday night, although he did seem close. But, you know, this is going to be a short week. So lots of Marquise Brown, lots of Rashad Bateman, lots of Mark Andrews. Let's go to the Bills. Uh Zach Moss suffered a concussion in this game. I don't know if he's going to get cleared. Obviously, if he wasn't, I think they'd 
use some other guys. They have, I believe they still have Matt Breida uh, on their team also, but obviously Devin Singletary, I think, would likely draw the start of Zach Moss misses this game against the Jets. My bigger question is, is what's going on with Steph Diggs? And I kind of looked at his underlying stats this year from last year. I mean, the biggest thing is his target share is down 5% from last year, which is significant, but his ADOT is slightly up. His catch rate is down 11 points from last year, like from 76 down to 65. So he's seeing less targets and he's catching less of them. It's small sample still. I don't know if it's fluky or not, but yeah. Any thoughts on Diggs? Cause I mean, he's going to be in play again, playing the jets this week and anything else on the bills whose offense is suddenly really struggling. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Josh Allen has been a little bumpy this year. You remember he came out the gates struggling. He's had a couple of, he's mixed in a couple of bad games. He's mixed in a couple of monster games. But, you know, historically, like Josh Allen, even when he hasn't played very well, he's still been good in fantasy. Um, but, you know, he's had a couple fa- bad fantasy games. It was very out of character for him. I think I think they're going to be fine against the Jets is a get right spot. Um, you know, so I think that I, I think that the Bills passing game is going to be fine, but it's going to continue to be a situation where. You know, three, four guys are contributing and now we got. Dawson Knox probably coming back. They did not place him on IR, I think, in anticipation of him only missing two games and getting him back for the third. Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, what an ugly game. I mean, and, you know, a, a lot turned on that pick six that went 100 yards for Denzel Ward, I believe it was, uh, that the Browns got. But what an ugly game. I mean, they were down 24 to 10 at halftime, ended up losing 41 to 16. And what was a really big home division game for the Bengals from a usage perspective, you know, I, I think Joe Mixon um, continues to see targets in base. And so, you know, P Ryan and Evans were out there, but Joe Mixon's role is fine. Efficiency has not been there. And then when all three wide receivers have been healthy this year, Jamar chase 25% of the targets, T Higgins, 24% Tyler Boyd, well behind at 16%. What you see out of the Bengals ugly loss to the Browns. Well, this was a game where, you know, the, the Bengals pass protection for the most part has been like competent, maybe a little worse, a little you know below competent. But in this one, it was like it, it wasn't there. I mean, the Browns can rock you from with their defensive line. They've got a ton of athleticism. They, you know, they can hit you from the inside and the out. They've got, you know, a power player on one side and a power plus speed rusher on the other side. And um you know, Malik Jackson and Malik McDowell up the middle, like, you know, they, they are really, really talented on the defensive front and they can absolutely whip the butts of an offensive line that is just a little bit, you know, close to competent in Cincinnati. And they, they were not competent in this game. They gave up five sacks, 12 hits to Joe Burrow. These are the kind of situations that, you know, you worry that could contribute to, the Bengals going back in that shell that they were in early in the season because they're worried about getting their quarterback hurt. I don't think that that's imminent, but you know, you, you worry about that, the possibility of them going back to playing really conservatively. Um, that, that would just be my takeaway from this game. Yeah. Bengals have a bye coming up and they play Raiders, Steelers, Chargers, 49ers. Let's go to Cleveland who they played in this game. First game without, Odell and so you know the main three wide receiver set was Jarvis Landry Anthony Schwartz Donovan Peoples-Jones but you know I had a full fade on on Jarvis Landry you know I didn't have Landry in cash and I certainly didn't have Landry in tournaments like 
I just don't see a lot of ways Jarvis Landry buries me when I don't play him, you know, because like he's not going off for like huge games unless he has incredible volume and he's not going to get incredible volume in the way that Cleveland's playing. I mean, they're so, so run heavy. So I don't have a lot of optimism. I know DPJ had a big game. I understand he's an intriguing prospect. I just don't have a lot of optimism for this pass game in general. And then the news that broke this morning, Evan, Nick Chubb, Demetric Felton joined John Kelly on the COVID list. We know Kareem Hunt is already hurt. I mean, right now, Dearness Johnson, shout out AAF, is literally the only running back on the roster. So what do you see out of Cleveland's win? And then what do you think about the running back situation? Yeah, that's just the way that the Browns want to play this year, especially with their quarterback dealing with the multiple injuries to his left shoulder and how, you know, just dysfunctional their passing game has been. They just they want to be low volume in the passing game and they want to be high efficiency. And they got that Uh, Baker Mayfield averaged over 10 yards for pass attempt here. And then they want to run the shit out of the ball. And that's exactly what they did. One hundred and. Uh, 53 rushing yards uh, as a team. Um, Nick Chubb had 163 total yards, two touchdowns, 6.7 yards for for a rushing attempt. That's exactly how the Browns want to play football this year, and they, that's how they want to win games. They're we're not they're not doing the you know the the uptick in pass volume like they did last season. I, I don't think that's going to happen this yeah. year. Um, the, the data, if you look at like just statistics, like the Browns have been better without Odell Beckham on offense since they acquired him. And I mean, I I thought that that was, you know, I kind of always wrote that off as small sample stuff, but I mean, now we're at the end of the line, we can look back and clearly that wasn't a successful acquisition, but like they have been also, they've been straight up better without him in the lineup. Um, we saw how De- how well Dearness Johnson played in that. I think it was a Thursday night game. Um, dude, dude is a good football player. He is not a big time athlete. The comparison I've used is Alfred Morris in the same sort of running system uh, in, in which uh, you know Kevin Stefanski runs the inside zone, just like the Shanahan's. Um, or I'm sorry, the outside zone, just like the Shanahan's. And I think that Dearness Johnson is going to get the full complement of snaps if uh, Nick Chubb does not play at New England. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not the best possible spot. And I do think they'll sign someone. I mean, they'll have to. They can't go into the game with one running back on the roster. But yeah, obviously, Dearness Johnson is set up well. Denver Broncos. I mean, what a win for the Broncos. You know, go into Dallas as 10-point dogs and just absolutely smoke them up 30 to nothing for most of the second half where the Broncos, I, you know, Jared Judy, I think, from the ankle has come back well. I mean, he's earned 19 targets on 76 route, routes run this season, 25%. It's massive. Cortland Sutton, only 19%. Tim Patrick, 15%. A lot of those Sutton games include games that Judy wasn't even active for. So, yeah, I mean, Jerry Judy is commanding a ton of targets. I guess he's healthy. It's hard for me to really tell. But, yeah, what do you see out of the really impressive win for the Broncos? Yeah, again, this is how the uh, Broncos would love to play every game where they can be efficient on offense, 8.9 yards for pass attempt from Teddy, and then uh, 4.6 uh, yards uh, per rushing attempt on the ground. This is how – and they, they really played suffocating defense. You know, the, the Cowboys didn't score their, their two touchdowns until way, way, way late in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, a very unexpected result. Um, but, you know, gives a blueprint for how the Broncos theoretically want to play. We cannot free ourselves from this even distribution between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Like that, that's not going away. It looks like 
barring an injury to one of them. Yeah. Now they've both played pretty well. Yeah. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. Melvin Gordon's been solid this year. Houston Texans. Williams is better though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Houston Texans, um, you know, don't have a lot to say here. I just, at one point I, I thought Terod was like so bad, like he might get pulled for Davis Mills, which is just like humiliating, but I thought it might happen. Sounds like they're going to go back to Terod this week. Don't think it really matters too much. Anything on the Texans. No, it's that's pretty much where it, where it starts and finishes. Three interceptions, five sacks taken, zero touchdown drives against the Dolphins from Tyrod. Indianapolis Colts played the Thursday game, and so Marlon Mack gets the healthy scratch after the trade deadline, gets the healthy scratch, and Naheem Hines just, I mean, Naheem Hines went off. And his splits when, when Marlon Mack has been inactive are pretty solid. You know, if Naheem Hines can get a little bit of base work and a little bit of pass down work, and then in games they get behind, he gets a lot of work. Like, it's a pretty valuable role. What do you see out of the Colts thrashing of the Jets on Thursday? Yeah, and the Colts' use of Naheem Hines was, like, really impressive. I mean, he lined up out as a wide receiver running, like, downfield routes. Um, you know, they gave it to him as both a rusher and a, and a pass catcher out of the backfield. He's, he, he, they, they really know how to use him when they decide to use him. But even in this game, he only had 10 touches. And he's got 10 touches or fewer in six straight games. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, he's he's a, a guy that he's like tantalizing uh, week to week because you'll see that, hey, he popped up for a big game last week and then he'll go back to about four touches in the next game. So yeah. it's it's very opponent and game plan and sort of feel based by the coaching staff in terms of how much work he exactly get, is going to get. But, hey, if you see Marlon Mack inactive before the game, before a Colts game, that is your green light go uh, to, to seriously consider Naheem Hines. I think that with Derrick Henry out for the year, it's between Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb as to who the best pure runner is mm -hmm. in the NFL. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is on fire right now. Um, and then Carson Wentz, I thought that was his best game of the year against the Jets. Um, and he's got multiple touchdowns now in six straight games. There have definitely been some ups and downs along the way for Carson Wentz. But I mean, I, I think that at this point, like the Colts would probably make that trade again. Colts play uh, home against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, you know, not the ideal spot to play Naheem Hines if you have him, but, but yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz set up so well again against his Jacksonville team. As we move to Jacksonville, I am expecting James Robinson back for this game uh, at Indy, but you know, <laughs> Jamal Agnew is like, the number one receiver now you know like Jamal Agnew has out targeted LaVisca Chenault 30 to 21 over the last four I think it's just it's kind of maybe you could just say Urban Meyer's a donkey or whatever but it's kind of concerning to me on LaVisca Chenault long term my favorite guy to play in Jacksonville stuff has been Dan Arnold I mean he's cheap he has 19 percent target share over the last four weeks caught 20 balls for 219 yards so just kind of is what it is anything on the Jaguars as they get set to play at Indy yeah, Dan Arnold is an every week starter. Seven and a half targets per game over the last four. You know, he can catch. He's a good athlete. He played wide receiver in college. Uh, and they're featuring him because they love to feature their scrap peep guys over their actually talented guys. Let's go to the Chiefs. And I feel like I ask you every week, what's wrong with the Chiefs? The new narrative this week, I don't know if you've seen this, Evan, the new narrative on Twitter this week is that the Chiefs are struggling because everyone's playing cover two against them and, and they can't beat cover two, which I find it really hard to believe that no one's ever thought to play this style of defense before against the Chiefs over the last 
two to three years. But I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 37 attempts, 166 yards at home against the Packers. Like it's really, really bad now. I think they've covered uh, four out of their last 20 games, which is like, like the lines are so efficient. It's absolutely insane to be four and 16 against the spread over your last 20. It's just like, like speaks to how much the market is overrating how good the Chiefs team is right now. But yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I ask you every week, what's going on with the Chiefs? And do you have hope for uh, a bounce back? I mean, it's a combination of factors. Again, you know, when when you have like a, a truly elite offense and then all of a sudden it goes, you know, from number one to like, I don't know, I don't want to be too hyperbolic here, but, you know, in the somewhere in the 20s, it's because, you know, uh, there are a number of things that are not going well. And we've talked about all of them. Uh, cover two is, is one of them, but teams have done this to them in the past and they like wriggled their way out of it. Like they figured they were their way out of it. And, you know, now it's going on like four or five weeks and like, they're not wriggling their way out of it. Um, and it's designed to prevent Tyreek Hill from making huge spl splash plays. And that has been working. So they need to figure out their way out of that. They, and they're, they're doing things. I mean, they are, um, you know, they're making little tweaks. They, they know that there's something, but that there are things wrong. And that's why you see them making, it's why, it's why they go, you know, try to get, or they, they do get Josh Gordon. It's, you know, and take, just take a flyer on him. It's why you see them, you know, messing around with Derek Gore, uh, make, you know, making little changes on the subtle changes on their offensive line. You know, like they're, 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 they're try, trying to, they're like grasping at straws to, to try to find something to help their way out of this. You know, the offensive line's been disappointing. Nicole Hardman doesn't do anything with his targets. You know, it's it's a lot of different reasons for why a, a dramatic change would occur, and that's what we're seeing with Kansas City. Now they face the Raiders this week. Last year, these teams obviously played twice. They were great games. The Raiders won one of them. They were both huge shootouts. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to be what, what spurs them into the, the Chiefs, you know, kicks them back in, into what they used to be. I don't even know if we can expect that Yeah. at this point. I mean, they really they're, – they're running low on weapons. Like, that, that that's factual. They, they know it. That's why they're, you know, tweaking things within the, in the, uh, within the skill position core. I actually uh, haven't seen anything about it, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if they made a play for Odell. And I don't know how much Odell has left in the tank, but, like, you know – wouldn't shock me to see them try to get Odell. It was just a report that Odell Beckham wants to play for the Packers. Okay. So, that would make sense yeah, too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Kansas city would make a lot of sense. No, no doubt. I mean, it, it would make a lot of sense as a flyer pickup for a lot of teams right now. Yep. Uh, last thing on Kansas city is it looked like Derek Williams kind of reasserted himself over Derek Gore in this game, kind of as we expected. We talked about that last week, Las Vegas. I mean, you know, Without Henry Ruggs, everybody was like, oh, I'm going to play Brian Edwards. I'm going to play Zay Jones. I mean, we had bets on Zay Jones unders, and I wish we had some bets on Brian Edwards because he had zero catches on four targets. So, yeah, I mean, these guys just aren't it, man. Like, Zay Jones and Brian Edwards just aren't it. Um, also, I thought Josh Jacobs was a decent play against the Giants, but, you know, he only ran 17 routes, and Kenyon Drake ran 24. And so that was a little bit disappointing. I thought Josh Jacobs mm -hmm. may be coming on a little bit more in the past game, but what you see out of the Raiders – loss to the Giants yeah Darren Waller 11 targets that was his most since week one so you like to see that yeah Brian Edwards like it's just it's not happening for him I mean again a big physical tight window receiver with Derek Carr I, I, I don't know I don't know if that's ever going to work yeah. um 
But the Raiders did go out and get Deshaun Jackson. Now, I know everybody will look at his game logs. He's always played six games in the last three years. I get it. He's not a good bet to stay healthy. But from a tactical standpoint for the Raiders, they need a guy like this. Um, Derek Carr has attempted the most 20-plus yard air yard attempts in the NFL this year, and he's fourth in efficiency on them. And – he, I mean, he, you need that, that element in your offense. You can't have guys like Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, who get no separation on the outside. You need a, a guy to take the top off, run some clear out stuff, hit him for a deep ball every now and again. So I think that that was an excellent addition by the Raiders, Deshaun Jackson. Not that he's going to be a big factor in fantasy, but I think he, he has a chance to help their offense. You go back and look at any quarterback pretty much that he's ever played within his mm -hmm. career doesn't matter if he's having a big game or if he's going, you know, two for 19, like the splits are always in favor of the Sean of the, the quarterback when Deshaun Jackson is on the field. No doubt. Chargers. I mean, you can see how Justin Herbert has these ceiling games. I mean, they're playing really fast and they're playing really throw happy, you know? And so like, the Keenan thing, I know people get frustrated with Keenan. You know, when you have a receiver whose ADOT is really low, and it's kind of similar to Jarvis Landry. I think Keenan Allen's better than Jarvis Landry, but it's kind of similar in that he needs 10, 11, 12 targets to have really big games. That's what we saw on Sunday as Keenan Allen, I believe, got 12 targets, went over 100 yards. I believe he got tackled at, like, the half-yard line. Also, um, this committee at tight end is killing me, man. 43 Justin Herbert dropbacks in this game, 23 routes for Jared Cook, 15 for Donald Parham. 13 for Steven Anderson. I mean, my God, I, cool. 23, oh, you know, they've demoted Jared Cook to only 23 out of 43. Let Parham be out there instead of Steven Anderson for 28 instead mm -hmm. of 15. But anyways, probably not going to happen this year. What'd you see out of the Chargers win in Philly? Yeah, three-way tight end committees. Not, not fun in fantasy. Um, yeah, so, you know, whereas a bad quarterback will have a couple of bad games in a row um, and then, like, just – go off the off the deep end like Sam Darnold uh you love to see that Justin Herbert has a couple of games in a row where he's not great and then he bounces back and shreds and I mean I think that that's the the sign of a quarterback that is is a truly a keeper and of course Justin Herbert is um I think that one of the reasons that Mike Williams well Mike Williams he hasn't really had a big game in a while uh, well number one the knee injury that had limited him a little bit, but also like defenses have been really clamping down and trying to take away the Chargers' big plays. And Mike Williams has been the big play receiver, and Keenan Allen is the interior, you know, pure possession receiver. And so I think that with Keenan Allen making a lot of plays lately, that is going to help Mike Williams and things will come back full circle for them. But right now, you know, the way the defenses are playing them, taking away the big play stuff on the perimeter funneling stuff inside to Keenan Allen. That's why you see a pretty big shift in the production over the past few games in the Chargers passing game. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this a lot because Chargers are home against the Vikings uh, mm -hmm. on Sunday in the late game and certainly a good spot for uh, Austin Eckler to bounce back and all these guys to have big games. Miami. So it's getting messy again, man. I mean, Devontae Parker aggravated his hamstring injury. He's going to be out a while, uh, if not the year. Will Fuller. It remains out. Tua is questionable for Thursday. You know, Joey Brissett did not play a very good game. Again, they're on a short week playing the Ravens. It's just, I mean, it's not good for Miami right now. I, and uh, for them to give up their first round pick 
I mean, the Eagles are going to have three picks in like the top 12 now. I mean, the Eagles have Miami's first pick all because they had to get, they had to get up to six overall to take Jalen Waddle, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not going on this rant right now, but anyways, what'd you see out of Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins? Jalen Waddle had, you know, 16.3 PPR points. I know. Man. <laughs> He's good. He's good. But man, they're going to give up like the fourth overall pick or like know, the second overall pick for him. It's, it's supposedly, it's supposedly it's a shitty draft though, but yeah. Whatever, we'll, we'll get there. We're going to smash those draft props. I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. Um, no, uh, yeah, 26 targets for Miles Gasson. You, you see that he's not very good, right, by his final output, but he, he was good in fantasy. Uh, and Malcolm Brown, I think this will be his last game on IR, or at least his – yeah, this will be his third game on IR. Yeah. So technically he'll be eligible to return in week 11. We'll see. They, they don't always come back. Um, I don't know. My guess is that Tua is probably going to sit this one out. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Let's go to the uh, Patriots who got a good win. I mean, down in Carolina, you know, anytime you went on the road, even if it's against Sam Darnold, I think it's a good win. The interesting thing is they lost both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson to concussion, concussion protocol, at least. So, you know, they're already scraping the barrel uh, uh, without James White at running back. Now they're going to get even thinner home against the Browns next. What'd you see out of the Patriots? So if those guys are both out, we'll have Brandon Bolden, JJ Taylor. Yeah. Is that it? I think that off the top of my head, I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. That'd be pretty thin. Yeah. Against Ernest Johnson. They're, they're playing each other. The, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. But we'll see. They could end up getting cleared, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Sa- same story as usual for the passing game. Um, and then what, what it comes down to, you know, from the Patriots fantasy perspective is just entirely based on whether these guys, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, can clear the concussion protocol. Jets. I can't believe what the Jets are doing, man. Even with Corey Davis out, they rotated six, six wide receivers. Braxton Berrios played. Jeff Smith played. Keelan Cole played. Denzel Mims played. The good news mm-hmm. is that a guy that everybody liked, you know, everybody on fantasy Twitter and draft Twitter, Elijah Moore, looks like the real deal kind of broke out an island game there but man when you're rotating six guys it's hard for me to be excited even about elijah Moore. we'll see on zach wilson's uh status and mike white status mm-hmm. uh going forward but yeah what you see out of the jets island game against the colts yeah sometimes when you watch a dude in college and then he he'll get to the pros and he'll like look a little different but i think that elijah mitchell has looked exactly the same my comparison for him coming out was doug baldwin and i thought that he looked like exactly like Doug Baldwin uh, in, in this past game. And he, uh, he looked ex- ex- excellent. Yeah. Um, and that was even with, you know, the Jets are down to like their third string quarterback. It's Josh Johnson in there. Um, I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to be back for this next one. We'll have to see. Um, yeah. They're playing the but, bills. I mean, it, you know, yeah. it's going to be tough to pull the trigger uh, on these guys against the bills for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot to add there. Steelers played last night, came back and got a very narrow win over the Bears. So Eric Ebron's expected back uh, in week 10. But man, Pat, Pat Fryermuth, shout out Penn State. I mean, we've talked about this, uh, you know, a ton already. But dude is just a natural born touchdown score. Four touchdowns now on 171 NFL routes after he picked up two on Monday night. 15 touchdowns in his first 25 games at Penn State. I'm curious, A, what you think about Firemuth with Ebron coming back and B I do think Chase Claypool hurt his foot in this game at some point I don't know how severe 
that it is, but certainly something to watch as they're already down. Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I'm going to – I mean, I think that Eric Ebron coming back will take away a little bit from Fryermuth. That You know, I think he's going to go back from – I don't know. what's He's been around like 75%, 80% of the snaps over the last two weeks. It'll probably take him down a little bit. Um, but I think that the rapport that he has gained from being in there with Big Ben, still no Juju. Um, I, I think that Fryermuth has earned – a significant portion of the playing time at the, at the tight end position for Pittsburgh. And I think that Ben has been legitimately looking for him, especially in scoring position. And as we talk about so much, a tight end can go two for 20 score a touchdown and he'll be a top 10 tight end on the week. Like that's how weak the tight end position is in fantasy. Fryermuth is an every week starter now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eric Ebron, I don't think they were excited about using Eric Ebron anyway, so I'm not too, too worried about Firemuth going forward. Last thing we're going to do today is the Tennessee Titans, and so we got our first look at the backfield without Derrick Henry. It was Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols leading the way with 26 snaps and 12 routes. Adrian Peterson, 19 snaps and six routes. Dante Foreman gets in there for 12 snaps and one route. I'm curious if you think that's the way it will go going forward for this Titans team. And the only other note that I have is, is my God, I mean, AJ Brown's target share. I know it hasn't shown up in the box score every week, but he's over 32%, more than 32% target share in five straight games. I mean, he's going to have some absolute monster games going forward, but yeah. What do you think about the running backs going forward for Tennessee? Well, I thought that in the game, uh, McNichols and Dante Foreman looked the best. I mean, Adrian Peterson just got stacked up and buried every time. I mean, you can't really move the pile anymore. I thought, I thought the best-looking two running backs were McNichols and Dante Foreman, but I don't know. I, I don't. Th- I'm I'm not optimistic that any of these guys is going to be very good in fantasy. I mean, McNichols like sort of has the profile to be a big-time PPR contributor, maybe like mm-hmm. a poor man's Naheem Hines, but I don't, I don't know if the Titans see him as anything more than a niche role player. Um, you know, they're going to continue to try to force Foreman and Peterson. Yeah. I mean, McNichols had three targets and seven carries. Peterson led the way with 10 carries and, of course, fell into the end zone for the touchdown. And I, I think they will continue to use Adrian Peterson at the goal line, which is going to cap some of the stuff on mm-hmm. Jeremy McNichols. But, yeah, kind of agree that it, it's, it's a desperation situation if you have to start any of these guys. That is going to do it for this AFC team-by-team podcast if you're watching on youtube if you're listening on itunes or anywhere else podcasts are found please hit the subscribe button it's free does a lot for us for evan for producer luke i am adam good luck everybody (laughs) 